Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to welcome to Be Brave at Work today, Richard Newman. Richard has been focusing on advanced communication skills since 1995 as a trainer, presenter, and coach. Richard specializes in advanced presentation skills, pitch coaching, speech writing, and genuinely loves to give people lasting results. He is the founder of the firm Body Talk, which is the global leader in evidence-based training on the psychology of communication, and his newest book is called You Were Born to Speak. Richard's organization has trained over 60,000 people from 45 countries across Europe, America, Australia, Asia, and the Middle East. When people need to perform at their best in an interview, sales pitch, meeting, media interview, speech, or might I even add a bravery talk, They come to them to ensure they get the best results. Richard, welcome to Be Brave at Work. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me here. And I've got to say, I really admire the the name of your podcast, Be Brave at Work, because I think it's so important that we are, that we embrace being brave there. We spend so much time there. I think being brave in your career, how you approach work, how you approach each day is critical to, to feeling fulfilled. So thanks for having me on. You're welcome. And I couldn't agree more. When I think back on my professional career and as I work with clients today, bravery is an area that we do not spend enough time on. And yet it is something that comes up either unexpectedly or expectedly often. And I hope people listening to our conversation as well as the other podcast interviews we have done can learn a few things about how to seize the moment and be braver than they might have been. Or if they're planning to do something and don't have to seize the moment, but are planning the moment, that they do it effectively and professionally. So thank you so much for joining us today. And I did a brief overview of your career, and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more from you on how you are currently interacting in the marketplace. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting, actually, uh, talking about how we're currently interacting, given this 2022, because going back three years ago, we used to do everything 
face to face. So I have a team that's based in the UK and we were traveling all the way around the world, going across Europe, the Middle East, Asia, America, Africa, Australia, and uh, working with all our clients face to face. And I was on, on a plane every other day, pretty much going to these different places. And so since uh, 2020 and the pandemic and lockdowns uh, hit us, we had to completely transform and pivot what we do to doing everything virtually with our clients, which was a big learning curve to begin with. And now we're back to a place where we're about, I think about 70% is happening virtually and about 30% face-to-face. And, uh, you know, the key that we, the keys that we work on for our clients are, first of all, helping them with communication skills, which for me is about helping people to be brave, to find their voice, to really be able to speak up and be heard and make a difference in their interactions at work. And we teach them how to do that through body language, storytelling, having deeper conversations, having challenging conversations. Uh, And we've also had a lot of work that people have given to us over the last couple of years on mindset. How do you perform well under pressure? How can you be your best self under the challenges of a a lockdown or economic crisis and all those other pieces? And so uh, my team, we've got 22 of us now, and we're working still with clients worldwide on, on helping them in those different ways. Well, it sounds fascinating, and I am sure your team is doing great work globally. You know, I'd love to talk for a few minutes, if we can, about this virtual world that we currently live in. And of course, we all know that this virtual world was unplanned for and unexpected, right? Just suddenly it hit, and most organizations were significantly underprepared for what had happened and had had to try to figure it out. And quite frankly, some of them are still trying to figure out, do we stay virtual? Do we require everyone to come back? And, you know, oftentimes I get the question, Ed, can I be brave virtually, right? If there's something I need to say to my boss that might be hard for me to say or hard for them to hear, can I do it virtually? Can I connect like you and I are connecting virtually and, and say something that's hard and not to put you on the spot, but I'm just wondering if you might have some thoughts or ideas or tips for people virtually if they need to have a difficult conversation, is it something you have to do in person? Or you know, what ways can you say what you need to say with bravery virtually? Yeah, well, I think that virtual working has actually increased the need for people to be brave because when we were face-to-face, we were so used to going into these glass and steel buildings, wearing our corporate armor uh, every day, and we were in the mix of it to, to the point at which we sort of uh, f- forgot what the, what the challenge was on you know when we first started work of going into those big buildings and being in those big sort of meeting rooms and maybe feel the you know, sense of that imposing surroundings. We just we were so used to doing it that we just didn't think about uh, having some of those conversations. Whereas now I know some people who used to you know socialize all the time. They'd always love to be out with people who are now finding it challenging to to go out and wanting to be at home more. So I think that there is more need right now for people to choose to be brave. And, you know, from my personal perspective, I'm highly introvert. I'm very comfortable in my own space. Uh, During the lockdown, I was very much a hermit thinking, wow, this is great. I can sleep in my own bed. I don't have to go out to interact with other people. But it it is so important for us as uh, humans to interact and be in the same space as other people. Uh, that is, you know, it's critical for our well-being to do that. And so when you have a conversation where you need to be brave, the first thing I would say to people is you must be able to see the other person. If you can't be in the same room with them because they live in New York and you're working in Singapore, then fair enough. But you have to be able to see them. 
And I coach people through this by uh, showing them various clips. Well, I'll do an activity with a group where I'll say, okay, just read through this information uh, that happened in a conversation. You, you tell me what you think is happening. And they, they tell me. And then I say to them, I'm now going to get you to, to read through this, but you're also going to hear the tone of voice that's happening. And then you tell me, what do you think is happening in this situation? And they go, oh, it's completely different. Oh, what I thought was happening before isn't happening. And then I say, okay, just wait for this. I'm going to now show you what's happening. I'm going to show you the body language. You'll hear the tone of voice, the words there as well. And then it completely changes the situation again. And what they thought the conversation was about is completely the opposite of what the conversation is really about at the end. And at which point I say to them, so you tell me when you've got an important conversation coming up, uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to do it by text? Are you going to send an email? Are you going to create a document? Are you going to pick up the phone? Or are you going to see that person? And they always say, everybody in the room says, I, I now know I need to see that person because the the nonverbal side of that conversation will tell you so much. And so I would say, absolutely, you need to see that person. If you can't be in the same building with them, and ideally, if it's, if it's really a, a tense situation, I would say, just take the time and sit in the same room with them you know, have a cup of coffee or whatever makes you feel comfortable so that you can be there together because there's some things that can only be resolved in that situation. If you can't be, then just making sure that you can see the other person's eyes and that you're reading them. Some people say, oh, it's hard to read people virtually. I actually would disagree. Uh, you know, running a company called Body Talk, I've always been fascinated by body language. And when you are running a, se a session virtually, the person's eyes are closer to you than they would be if you were around a boardroom table, particularly if you've got like a meeting of 10 people. You've got 10 people on your screen who are, you know, a meter and a half away from you at most, whereas they would have been five meters away. So you've got that opportunity just to read what's happening. You have to just make sure that you've got that time to get them to open up get them to, to share what their thoughts are, be really mindful of uh, any sort of shifts or changes that are happening to draw them into the conversation. Richard, uh, fantastic advice. And I'm a huge fan of being able to see the other person. Uh, over the last two years, I've done a number of webinars and you know, I'm always fascinated by the number of people who either don't have their camera on and I recognize from time to time there may be a technical issue that prevents them from doing that. And that's OK. But, you know, I call it the high school yearbook where everybody has their little photo up of themselves because they don't have their camera on. And, you know, I've always encouraged people I can't require it because I'm a vendor, but I've always encouraged them to put their camera on so people can feel how they are at the meeting. Right. That, you know, are, do you agree with what I'm saying or disagree with what I'm saying? saying. You know, the second thing I'd be curious to know, Richard, is so let's say in we are in person, right? So moving away from a virtual conversation to an in-person conversation, if I want to tell you something that I think is hard for you to hear and I've practiced it, right? So I, I feel really good that I can say what I need to say, etc. Again, when you think back on the work that you've done with others, whether it's conflict navigation or having brave conversations, again, one or two tips or ideas of things people should think about or be aware of as they're starting this difficult conversation? Yeah. So a couple of things quickly come to mind, which is firstly, you've mentioned there having that preparation before the meeting, which is key. Uh, I always talk to people about communication saying that it's a bit like being a surfer on the ocean. So uh, if you want to learn how to surf, then you can be on the beach and you can practice sort of popping up on the surfboard and getting really used to the idea of what you're going to do. And you can plan the day before, okay, I'm going to go out onto the ocean. I'm going to surf the wave in this direction. But ultimately, when you get on, onto the waves, they, it, the day could be deadly still. It could be very choppy. 
and you need to respond to what's actually happening right there. So the preparation, absolutely, you've got to do it, but you do also need to read well what's happening right now. So uh, with uh, you know having that key conversation, if it is with you know important stakeholder, manager, member of your team, it is very important to tune into that person before you dive straight into the subject, just to know where is this person right now, what's happening for them. And, you know, the short version of this, I'm a parent, I've got these two young kids and I've always been taught connect before you correct, which means, you know, if the first time your child sees you all day long, as you walk in and say, hey, get off your PlayStation, then they don't like it very much because there's no connection. So you've got to make sure that uh, with whoever you're having a tough conversation with, you take a moment to really connect and genuinely find out where they're at, how they are. So you get that chance to be on the same wavelength and then you move into the conversation. Uh, The second piece I would say there uh, is that uh, my lovely wife is a doctor and she's talking about uh, with me what it's like having tough conversations with patients where sometimes she has to break bad news and go through the details. And there she talks about the warning shot. So it's worthwhile for people, if you're going to step into a serious conversation, let them know, okay, the mood of the conversation is now going to change. So you say to them, look, there is something really serious, important, I need to address. And uh, I'll need to have your your focus on this for the next 10 minutes. Is that okay? And then that person can know, okay, I just need to reprioritize what I thought this conversation was about. And they shift into the tone that is then appropriate for you. Uh, and the, the key piece around that too, to focus on, if you're going to think about preparing yourself for the event, is to think non-verbally, how are you going to put that across? Because some people, when they get tense in a brave conversation, they might tend to smile, they might tend to giggle, uh, they uh, might sort of shrug as if to sort of get rid of that that tension of the situation. And all of those things will visually or, or verbally indicate to the person, this isn't that important. It's It's just a silly conversation. Maybe they're winding me up. So it's very important to have stillness. And you can think of yourself uh, non-verbally as the rock in the storm. So you're preparing that person to go through something serious and showing through your stillness that uh, this is important. You're going to take it seriously and they will then uh, move with you in that direction. And then when you're going through the content of that conversation, uh, it's important to give people what I call big picture, details, actions. So With anybody these days, they're dealing with, you know, 200 emails, probably seven conference calls a day, so many different projects and priorities. And so you need to bring their mind from wherever they were into your information and moving things forward. If you go straight into some detail, they could be playing catch up and not really understand why you're concerned about this. So starting with big picture, just to give them context, this is the background you need to know. This is where I'd like to get to by the end of this conversation. And then you can dive into the details of what exactly is going on before finishing with a sense of action. Now, what I see in contrast to that is I see a lot of people who will go into a meeting saying, look, I just need to tell you this. And it's very important to me. And that's what I want to say. And the person thinks, I don't know where that came from. And I don't know what you want me to do with it. And I don't actually really know what your intention was in coming into this meeting. And so you've got to make sure you've covered those off. This is the context. This is where I'd love to get to with this conversation. Here's the information. And now this is what I'd like to do about it. So you're really leading them through it because often brave conversations might take somebody by surprise. They might know it's coming, but they just may not know what your intentions are. So that leads you and them through the conversation. Well, part of what I think you're saying, Richard, is something that I believe in, which is in any conversation or if you're leading a meeting, a team meeting or group session, there's always an owner. You know, somebody always owns 
the conversation and the direction and the progress. And for me, if you're speaking with a boss about something that may be hard for you to say or hard for them to hear, I think you're the owner. I think you're the one who needs to own what's happening. So to repeat your suggestions, one, you know, and I think this is true virtually as well, you need to read the room. You know, it may not be the right time to bring up what you thought you would wanted to bring up because of some something that's happening or distracting. I know sometimes virtually there are dogs barking or kids running and it's like, you know what, this just isn't going to be the right time to bring up this bad news or this difficult information for you to have. So this, you know, uh, connect before you correct, I love as kind of a quick little way to say, hey, first I need to connect with this person and ensure that we're okay before I start giving them feedback that might be hard for them to hear. I love to tell them, you know, I love tell them what is coming, right? You should always not surprise people and say, hey, I want to talk to you about something. You're a terrible business leader, right? And you just, it's like, what? So you want to tell them, hey, I've got something that I want to share with you that may be hard for you to hear, but it's coming from a place of caring and I want to ensure you are the best leader possible. So if you would listen to me for a couple of minutes and then I'll answer any questions you might have, or something like that, you know, that would be great, right? So, you know, letting them know what your thoughts are, where we're going, is going to increase the likelihood that they're going to actively participate. And then this area, of course, which you are an expert in, which is body language, uh, I think oftentimes we are so focused on what we have to say that we're not thinking at all about how we appear, right? And I've read books on presence and how to sit at a table and, you know, but I also think of leaders who oftentimes had to get bad news and they would get what I call, which they can't control, but, you know, the neck blush where their neck would actually get red because they're about to say something <laughs> that's hard for you to hear. And you knew it in advance. It's like, uh-oh, I'm about to get in trouble for something because the neck blush is happening, right? So, you know, you need to be aware of body language and how you physically are appearing in addition to what it is that you want to say. So all of those are great tips for people, I think virtually and physically, who want to be braver with others. Yeah, and I think, you know, if for people who are concerned about delivering information, concerned about, uh, you know, coming across it in the wrong way or, or having the neck blush going on, there's a couple of things that I work on with people to get into the right state before they go into those conversations. Uh, a really nice one that's been talked about a lot recently, uh, I think Andrew Huberman has uh, popularized this, is the physiological sigh, which is that when you are deeply relaxed, let's say you are having a chilled e evening in front of Netflix or something like that, once about every five minutes or so, you will do this physiological sigh, which is breathing in twice and then breathing out once with a long exhale. And what that does is it's uh, filling up the lungs with greater amount of oxygen, really filling up the uh, the lower sacs of the lungs and then getting out lots of CO2. And if you do that, just say three times, it doesn't have to take long. You can do that in the space of 20 seconds. Then you get yourself into a much uh, more relaxed state. The other piece that I get people to work on in order to prepare themselves for those situations where they might be stressed is to focus on their values. And so by doing this, what you're looking at is thinking, what are the principles that I live my life by? And if you can focus on a few of those, which might be like honesty or being a good father or whatever it is for you, when you focus on them, then it gives you a sense of internal validation. And when you're focused on internal validation, you don't need 
a good response from the other person that you're speaking to. You're not looking for external validation. External validation puts us into a state of stress. And so if you go into an important meeting, pitch, uh, conversation with somebody where you have that internal compass, that internal validation already rooted, then what they found in studies, there's great studies that were done in Germany back around 2015 on this, is that you can go through that meeting and come out the other side and there's no shift in adrenaline, no shift in cortisol, stress hormone, no shift in heart rate. You're coming out of that situation calm, whereas other people who are going into it, aiming to get like a good response from the other person or hoping for something to come out of the interaction, they're going into it and coming out with a state of stress. So a couple of those pieces already can settle you. And remember, going back to what I said before about being the rock in the storm, it allows you to be centered in the place that allows you to deliver a much more uh, effective outcome. Well, as I have said a million times on this podcast, anytime you want to have a conversation with another person that requires bravery, always remember that you should only do it if you're going there under the premise of helping. If you're going to judge, a belittle, or patronize a person, it's not going to work and it's a waste of time. But, you know, you need to recognize in advance as well as as you're talking and as you're reading the room and as things start to deviate a little bit that you are there to help, that you're there to help this person experience work in a different way and a more effective way. Richard, it has been great speaking with you today. And thank you so much for your tips and suggestions on how to survive in both a physical world and a virtual world. And if folks want to find out more about you, where can they go? Uh, they can just come to ukbodytalk.com. Uh, we've got lots of resources there on the resource page. There's videos, there's articles. And if people want to find me online, then uh, I'm on Instagram at Richard Newman Speaks and also on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Richard Newman from Body Talk. Fantastic, Richard. Well, thank you again for being a guest and for sharing a number of great ideas and recommendations. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.